Before we get started, I want to draw your attention to the E on this podcast. It stands for explicit. That means that I will be using words and singing phrases or probably talking about topics you don't want your kids to hear. Being that said, fair warning, let's get started. Welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we're going to be talking with Misty. I have not known Misty long. Um, actually, this was my first time seeing her uh, her face because <laughs> it was on a Zoom call um, still during COVID. Um, quarantine, I should say, not COVID. Um, but I am so proud of her, and I've only known her for about three weeks. <laughs> she was actually a referral from another guest that I have had on the podcast. Um, we were in the same realm on our secular jobs of I'm in the beauty industry. She's in the beauty industry. She's like, y'all are even have the same movement that you're trying to have. And I'm like, yes, I want to meet Misty. So we end up connecting, texted for a while, got her on schedule. And now we get to hear the product of where she has come from. We're going to be talking about the way she grew up, her divorce, her move to Texas, her sicknesses that she had, how she got those healed, her friends, She talks about her gifts and being masters. We even talk about how to say no. I know as women, we're supposed to be everyone's everything. But she really talks about how she had to release herself from that and the way she released herself from that. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you enjoy this amazing woman Misty. All right, today we're going to be talking with Miss Misty. Misty, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, so um, my name is Misty Willis, and I am a lot of things. And I am a mom. I have three amazing kids and a stepdaughter, so ranges from 22 to 7. We have a busy household. Um, I am an entrepreneur. I am a lover of all people, and I also am co-founder of a a group called Expanded Woman, and we are into women's empowerment, so that's kind of how Christine and I got to meet each other. Yeah! (laughs) So tell me about your ethnic background. So I am really white, really (laughs) really white. (laughs) I thought I was, I thought I was Italian and Irish all growing (laughs) up, and then I did my ancestry DNA, which was kind of probably not the right thing to do because I found out I'm like 54% English. Oh, wow. Yeah, 54%. And then I ended up being like 11% Italian and like 10% <laughs> Irish. <laughs> oh, so, wow. And all these other things, which is great. I mean, kind of describes the whiteness of my skin. Um, but you know, what's funny is I grew up in Arizona and I always identified with like being Hispanic. I grew up with a lot of Hispanic people. I always thought that I was Hispanic. So I know that sounds funny, but I really did. I always hung out with that type. I always was attracted to Hispanic people. I just always have. So that's, but yeah. Did they think you were Hispanic? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought you were. Yeah. Oh, she's Latina. Yeah. A lot of people think that. And, um, but when I was younger, I always had blonde hair. 
Oh. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of. So what's your your is your natural hair color blonde still? It's like a dark blonde, light brown. Yeah. Okay. So, so just, were you raised in the culture of the Hispanic or a Latina culture? Because no, you gravitated to that. I I just gravitated, but what I found was interesting is is my family, my dad's side, who I was mainly raised by, they're very Italian, and so. It was more of that culture, but I found that the Hispanic culture, and I didn't really know any other Italian friends, you know, but I found that they are very similar, like family, um, you know, how they, how they do things, a lot of them are loud, like the Italian people are loud, uh, <laughs> you know, so I kind of just gravitated towards, towards that type of lifestyle and, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense because there's a lot of um, cultural groups that are like that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. like it, they might speak a different language, but we're all the same people. <laughs> we sure are. We sure are. My, yeah. my boyfriend actually, um, he's from Dominican Republic, so he speaks full Spanish and he's like, I think it would be really funny if you did a TikTok where you're acting like you're a news anchor and reading Spanish. <laughs> And I was like, no, it wouldn't be very funny because I don't speak like I'm Spanish. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. but he thinks it would be funny. So how long has he been here in Texas? So he's been here for six years, okay. but he moved to the States in when he was 19. Okay. So does he have the accent and everything? Yes. Very. He still has a major accent. He speaks Spanish pretty much every day with work and with his family. He's on the phone quite a bit. So, you know, he really hasn't lost the 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 accent at all <laughs> I, I have a question for you sure. it just popped into my head so being that you were culturally immersed in more of a Mexican Latino kind of way mm -hmm. how different is him being Dominican did you automatically think that like oh you're from the DR you're Latino all Latinos are the same and he was like no ma'am I'm, <laughs> no, I'm from the DR <laughs> yeah we are not the same you know what's hilarious is that and this is my ignorance okay but I really didn't know much about Dominican Republic mm -hmm. I really didn't and um I think like a lot of it I was kind of sheltered I feel like you know from different things so I didn't really know much. So I was like really interested when I met him. I was like, wow, like I, I couldn't even believe it because he looks very African-American, mm -hmm. right? He looks extremely African-American. So everybody assumes he is, but then he starts talking, has the accent and you're like, wow, where are you from? Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you're African. He's like, no, <laughs> they're trying to figure it out. So yeah. it's kind of a, that mixture, right? Like they speak a little, their dialect is a little different than, yeah, they're speaking Spanish, but some, some of the words actually mean different things in, in Mexican Spanish versus yeah. Mexican or Spanish or even Puerto Rican. Like you can make some mistakes if you're not mm -hmm. careful, you know, so mm -hmm. he tries to be very proper in some, when he's speaking, cause he sells cars. So when he's speaking to his clients and stuff, um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference. Some culturally, I feel like I don't know, every Dominican person that I've met now, I feel like it's just so friendly and happy, like positive, happy. Yeah. And I think that's one of the differences. Like I really see like, and I don't know if it's just his family or what, but just very loving and open and caring people. Right. So, yeah. Right. No, <laughs> I, I just, I just wondered if it was like a culture shock for you 
being, you know, submersed in Mexicans and then turning around and marrying a Dominican. You're like, you speak Spanish, you're a Latina, but you answered that perfectly. Yeah. It was all a lot of people believe. It worked out. I mean, (laughs) it it worked out. I'm like, I don't know, you know, but I, I guess I'm just open to the different experiences and like letting him be who he is and his, you know, some of the things I've introduced him to like American things, Mm -hmm. like he never, him and his daughter never carved a pumpkin before for oh yeah Halloween. So like little things like that where we have our traditions is different. You know, like Easter, like we do the Easter eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's our American mm-hmm. tradition. And then like they don't really, he never really did that. So oh, you know, we're kind of introducing each other to different things. Yeah, I really like that. I, I really like. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so are you orig- You said you weren't originally from Texas. How long no. have you been here? I have been here since 2006. So I moved here with my ex-husband actually. (laughs) And, um, we, we were here, we moved to McKinney when we first started, when we moved out here, just because some realtor told us it was a good idea. So like, okay, I don't know anything else, but his family lived here and they were always coming, visiting our kids in Arizona. So um, we decided we were gonna move out here to be closer to his family. All my family's still in Arizona and um, his family was flying out like every couple months to visit the kids. And Mm. I'd never been out of Arizona till uh, really, till I was 29. And then we moved here. So yeah, we we lived together and we're married till like 2012-ish. And then, you know, that changed and obviously moved on and, and made some some changes after that. So that kind of led me to where I'm at now, which is, why didn't you go back home? (laughs) Kids, my kids. Yeah, because I have, we have two kids together and we have my daughter that's 22 and, um, he's always kind of been her dad since, you know, she was four years old. He's been in her life. So I couldn't see taking my children away from their father Mm -hmm. that deeply love them. And so even though it was really hard for me to stay here and I didn't have the support really that I, I needed while I was here going through divorce and all that, um, I had to make that decision for my kids. Like, yeah, I didn't want them to be without their dad. Yeah. So is this home for you now? This is my home. Um, yeah, I probably, maybe someday I might retire in Arizona or DR or wherever yeah. I want to, right. you know, but, um, this is where I'll be. I've, pretty established here, you know, have a great business, I have great family here. My, you know, my honey and, and my kiddos are all here and his daughter's here. So, you know, we're not going anywhere. Um, yeah. and it's a beautiful state. I mean, the, the only thing a bit of la- everything. Yeah. The only thing it's lacking for me is close enough is the mountains, but that's about it. Yeah. Cause what it's like New Mexico, you can ski in New Mexico, right? They have mountains to ski in New Mexico. I feel like I know someone. I even want to hike. I don't know. (laughs) That's what I did a lot in Arizona was just hike. Like we, I would go every Saturday morning, I'd get up at like the crack of dawn and go hiking. And that was, the mountain was like 15 minutes away and it's hot there in Arizona. So you'd have to do it early, you know, but it was definitely like just really peaceful. And so I missed that part of it, but really the rest is okay. Like I go back and I'm like, man, it's so brown here. Like everything. (laughs) dark you know everything is like 
the same color, like terracotta looking, you know, <laughs> and then you could go up north though, like two hours you go up north and it's very pretty and we have green trees and like the forest and you have Sedona with a red rock. So there's different aspects of it. Just like if you drove here a couple hours, you'd find, you know, different terrain and things like that. Right. You know? right. So what was your culture shock moving to Texas? Like, how was that transition for you? Um, because you said you moved here in 2006, correct? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you were here for six years with your husband, your ex-husband, I should say. So like, what was that transition for you? And like, what was y'all's relationship like? How, like what <laughs> it was, was really, it was really hard for me. And, and I don't think it was the culture more. It was more of me just not being surrounded by friends and family. You know, I was really... I, I will say like probably for the first couple of years, I was pretty depressed and didn't understand it. But I was also going through a lot of like physical stuff too. And um, I ended up working for the same company I left Arizona with. And so I was interviewing potential students for a, a technical college. So I worked out of my house. I was pretty much me and the kids all day. My husband was at work. And so I really didn't get to meet people and do things for a while. And then once I started meeting people, I, I became a Girl Scout leader. So I, I got introduced to some people with my daughter and, um, you know, different sporting events and things for the kids. So as I started to meet more people, I felt a little bit better, started getting more familiar, you know, and then I would start having like, we, we'd always taken people that didn't have family here too. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. super close by his family was here, but they were like, his mom lived four hours away in Houston, Austin area. And then his dad was, hadn't yet moved here. His dad was uh, living in New York and he moved here um, maybe a couple years after and lived in Granbury. So even though they were close, they weren't like super close, you know? Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of transition for me, a lot of transition, but I feel like it helped me to understand more of who I was and what I, what I wanted out of my life, you mm -hmm. know, and being away. One of the things is funny is I thought every Texan had, would have an accent. <laughs> I was like, everybody's going to wear because I really hadn't been here. I'd been here once for work, like a training session. So I wasn't like outside much. Right. And I thought everybody was going to have an accent and they were going to be wearing hats. Like that was my stereotype in my head. Unfortunately. Yeah. That's, I, that's what they get. Yeah. Everybody's like, where's your accent? And where's all the cowboys? <laughs> or I get mad when they show Dallas on TV because then they show like Longhorns. And uh -huh. like, I'm like, all oh, that's it's Fort Worth. That is not Dallas. No, it is not <laughs> Dallas. And that was a misconception too. It's like Dallas and Fort Worth are two very different places. Mm -hmm. And and so I tell people that. I was like, well, they're like, oh, you're still so in Dallas. I'm like, well, actually, I'm closer to Fort Worth. And, you know, whenever I, I bring people here, it's like, okay, well, if you like more of the earthy type stuff, we'll do stuff in Fort Worth. If you're yeah. more like this, we'll go to Dallas, you know? Yeah. So there's definitely a, a, a difference there. And they don't realize that they're like an hour apart. Right. Not like, not, like, yeah. And I just say I'm North Dallas. I'm in McKinney right now. So you know the okay. area. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I really liked it. But we had to move because his dad was moving to Granbury. So we ended up going from McKinney to like South Fort Worth was the closest we could get where he could transfer his job. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we ended up in South Fort Worth and then Burleson in, in uh, Joshua area. So then that was like more 
country, more rural, you know, we started getting out a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's grown a lot though since then. So mm-hmm. it's way different than it was. But um, I want to go back to the comment you made that you were dealing with some physical things. Are you able to speak on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had, when I first moved here, I, w- I knew when I was pregnant with my second kid, Austin, that there was something going on with my body. Like I was having a lot of numbness in my hands and had ended up having carpal tunnel in both my hands. And, um, I had gone to several doctors afterwards to try to figure out what was going on. And he was, when we moved here, we was about three. And, um, so I, ever since I was pregnant with him till that time, I was still feeling awful. Like I had gained so much weight. I was probably close to 190 pounds. I mean, I'm not skinny by any means, but I'm definitely way skinnier than I was. Right. Yeah. And, um, it had to do a lot with, with my mental health too, I think, because I wasn't, I couldn't take care of myself the way I wanted to. I had three kids and working and, you know, I really didn't give myself the opportunity to heal or feel good mm-hmm. or figure out what was going on. And, um, I went to a doctor and she found out I had thyroid issues. So I have Hashimoto's, um, which is, a it affects your thyroid in that it makes it slower to use metabolize slower. Right. Um, so explaining some of the weight gain that I was experiencing because after, by this time I had another child, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, I had another child and, and I had already found out like, okay, I have this Hashimoto's, this, this issue. Well, then I went to a chiropractor in Joshua and he kept telling me, he's like, I'm really worried about you. Like my face was like, I was just so swollen. I had such bad inflammation. He's like, I'm really worried about you. And I never really had a doctor that even cared, you know, like here's a blood test. Oh, nothing's on there. So no big deal. Nothing's wrong with you, you know? And so for many years, I felt like that nothing was wrong with me, but I felt like something was wrong with me Mm -hmm. the whole time. So this doctor, he goes, I can run tests for you. He goes, I can't give you medication, but if for any reason I can help put you on the right supplements and get, you know, diet changed and stuff like that. And I was like, eh, I didn't really believe in like the holistic approach at that moment. I didn't really know about it because I wasn't raised, raised with it. So that kind of started me on that journey. And he did this testing and he's like, yeah, you're pre-diabetic and um, your inflammation's so bad. You could have a heart attack anytime. And I was like, what? Like, okay, um, I got to do something, you know? So he referred me to a, a naturopath doctor and she's an MD also so she could give me prescriptions and stuff so we got she's like we you know a lot of the thyroid issues you have to get under control and and the thyroid causes all of these other things to happen Mm -hmm. so she put me on her diet and I did it for like three or four months and I lost like 30 pounds pretty quickly and yeah and it was just coming off and I felt so good different and I realized like you know there's certain things I have to do to take care of my body and for a while I fought it. Like I did it really well during those times. I didn't deviate, but then afterwards I was like, Oh, well, I can go and do this. I can eat this. I can do that. You know? And then I realized I'm like, I'm feeling that way again, you know? And so one of the biggest things that I had to cut out was gluten with wheat. And I found out I was allergic to wheat. I didn't know that. And, mm-hmm. you know, coming from an Italian family, like that's all we <laughs> ate, bread, pasta. That's all I grew up eating. So here I am like killing myself, you know, not even realizing it. Yeah. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you're a new mom with <laughs> yes, babies all in a new time. place. I was worn out, girl. I was so like, worn in a whole new state, you don't have your moms, you're just with um, babies, mm-hmm. staying yeah. at home. Oh God, yeah, that would be hard. It was I tough, it was, it was tough. And then I was like, I hate this place. You know, at first I was like, I hate it here. And it really wasn't, I hate it here. It was like, I hated what I was experiencing mm. at that time. You know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the state. It wasn't the people, you know, it was really, it was really me internally and trying to figure out like what I wanted. And, you know, I, I, at that time too, I, I didn't know how to say no. I would do everything everyone asked me to do. Um, I was working most of the time I worked two jobs and had three kids and would try to maintain the household. And it was a lot. So that's part of why I'm not married to that person anymore is like, I didn't have a true partner. It was more of a one-sided thing. And, you know, yeah, they know. Oh, I want to unpack that girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready for it. So tell me about not saying no, because women are trained to be everything of F for everyone. Yes. So Um, what was your breaking point where you said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm done? I was just like going crazy. I mean, literally, like I just could not handle anymore because at that time too, like an idiot, I, I signed up for school thinking that I'm going to have some support Mm. in the household. And I didn't, you know, so I would literally have to be like, okay, I'm going to Starbucks to go study because I can't, if I'm home, like it was just expected that I had to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and not that he's a bad person because he's really not, but I think it's just a difference of what you're made to do when you're growing up as a, as a person. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was always like, okay, more traditional, like my grandma, she would always, you know, do cook, clean everything for everyone, you know? And so I thought that's what I had to be. Then I realized I don't have to be that, but it took me a long time. You know, I was in my thirties before I even figured that out. So, yeah. um, you know, for all those people struggling right now, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to be all right, but you have to learn how to say no. And what I said no to was, you know, people's expectations of me. And that was in my household. But also I I was like, you know what? I'm not cleaning anymore. I'm not cleaning the kitchen. I'm not cleaning the bathrooms. Like if you want to, if you guys want to clean, go ahead and clean it yourself. Like I got to that point where I was just like, I just don't have any, anything left. And how can you give to other people when you don't have anything left for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was feeling. And you could see that written all over my face. You could see it written all over my body of, of those things that I was going through. And so I, I you know, felt like every year I kind of got a little bit more, I don't know, gumption or I don't know what you want to call it, but yeah. I, I got a little stronger. I got a little stronger and feel like, okay, well, no, I don't have to do this if I don't want to. It's not a re- requirement, you know, and even like in-laws, like I didn't really get along very well with my in-laws sometimes. And I just had to like, even start telling them now, like, I know I don't want to be like this. Like their dog bit me one time and what they refused to put him in a kennel. What? Like like they're at their house. Yeah. After he bit you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And I said, no, I'm not coming over anymore. I'm not coming right. to the house unless you put that dog up. Like, not doing it. Did they say anything after he bit you? Like, oh, so sorry. Like, it felt bad, but like, they didn't really care. Like, they were more of like worried about the dog. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna kill that dog. Like, it sunk out of my leg. <laughs> yeah, like, not kidding. It bit through my skirt that I had oh on. Oh my god! And bit a chunk of my leg. And I didn't go get stitches or anything. You know, I I I let it heal on its own. But I've got a scar from that freaking dog. You know, so like things like that. And it sounds so stupid, but even just like standing up to them and mm-hmm. telling them, "No, I'm not coming over." Right. Because you don't have respect for me mm-hmm. in that situation. You know. So the more those start things started happening, I think that's the further that my husband and I had fallen apart right? because I'm like, no, not doing it. Oh, good for you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause a lot of people here in Texas are transplants, right? So they don't have their family Mm -hmm. and then it's, it's a weird balancing act that we're trying to do of, can I do it all as a woman? And can I do it alone? And the answer is no to both. (laughs) You can't do it all as a woman and you do need help and you can't do it alone. You know, the, what is it? The, the phrase is it takes a village is real. It is. It really is. And that's one of the things that now the types of people that I have in my life now are just so different night and day. Um, you know, I can call on them anytime. Same with me, you know, and, and most of my friends are not here locally. So, but it's just difference of like, when you are giving off this sort of energy and you're this, now this night type of person, you start to attract those same type of people. So when you think you have to do everything, when you think you have to be what you're not, then that's what you're going to attract. And then I was thinking, well, I'm not worthy. I don't feel good enough. I'm not, you know, I don't deserve to be treated a certain way. And that's what I got. I deserve, I I got treated the way I thought I needed to be treated, which wasn't the right way. Mm -hmm. So now, nowadays is like way different. And I love myself. Yes, ma'am. You know, and I mean, this is how bad it is. Like, I didn't even think I was pretty until I'm in my thirties. Like, how sad is that? Right? Like. And I may not be the most beautiful woman in the world, but I feel like I'm beautiful and I have something to offer, you know, and these days that's the type of people I'm attracting. Like you, you know, you, you are just yourself and that's why I want you <laughs> to be, right? It's like, I'm not afraid to tell my family no now, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about what they think I'm doing for my career. It's like, I got mm-hmm. a career because my family said, oh, this is what you should do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So little things like that, like I was in industrial stuff for a long time, you know, and it was fun. I was good at it. You know, I excelled in it, but that's not really what I wanted to do. I probably could have gone to cosmetology school and been really happy, you know, when I got out of high school, but it was just the the perception of what people wanted me to be and do and see and feel. And, and I didn't even know what was real to me at that time. Mm -hmm. So now it's all different. I have a great person in my life that, He's like 50%, you know, he, he'll, he cleans and, and does everything. And, like, and we help each other that way though. It's like, you know, if he doesn't have the time to do something right now, I'll do it and vice versa. So it's always very like, um, 
it's really balanced, you know, I to say it's balanced. And that's what it's all about is just finding that balance of you internally, emotionally, physically, mentally, and, and that's what you'll attract, which is yeah. awesome. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about friendships. You already kind of talked about it a little bit about that. You have friends all over the place, Mm -hmm. but this is the question. Would you rather have someone that has amazing characteristics and you don't really like their morals or they have really good morals and you really don't like their characteristics? Mm. You know, I have a hard time being friends with people that don't have good morals because Mm -hmm. Morality to me is, is also like your integrity. Like if, if you're genuinely like unethical and in certain areas, I can't deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to be agree with me on everything. I'm, it's not like that at all, but, um, if you're treating other people badly for no reason, or you just want to be a jerk that day, I, I just can't get down with that. I can't hang with that. Yeah. But it, it's the morality thing that would bother me the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can not text you back. They can eat and get food all over their face <laughs> or they can be super flaky. And you're like, yeah, but I know she's loyal. I know she's this. I know she's this, this, and this. And I'm totally yeah. okay with that. Yeah. I mean, because when it comes down to it, like we all have our own lives. We all have things going on. And I mean, I can be flaky sometimes. It happens, you know, it's not an intentional thing ever. Um, you know, and I have one friend that she, I love her to death and she's like, you know, I just can't be with flaky people. I'm like, okay, you know, and, and she didn't say it for me. She was talking about her other friend, but I always keep that in mind. So when, when I'm around her or I commit to something with her, I'm like, you know what, that bothers her. So I'll, I'll make more of an effort in that area if I can. Mm. So I try, like if, let's say something comes up and I, you know, don't want to cancel on her, I would like do whatever I can to not cancel on her, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not that, I don't know, she, she cares about it, but that's something that bothers her. So if like somebody came to me with an issue, like, let's say, you know, my friend gets food all over her face. I'd be like, look, you need to use your napkin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm not going to hang out with you because you can't use your napkin. But I'd probably be real and be like, why can't you use your napkin? Like, what's going on? You know, I'd just tell them. Yeah. I think think that's, sometimes people don't want to hear what you have to say, even if it's coming out of love, you know, but sometimes you need to hear those things. Yeah. Yeah. So what I hear you change morals. (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's what I was about to say. You you can talk to someone about characteristics. Yes, is what I hear you saying. But morals is really hard to change someone's morals. Yes. Okay, I like that answer. Beautiful, love it. So, how do you make friends with women? I'm like kind of like um, I have this other friend that like connects everyone, and um, for a long time. I felt very lonely here and to be honest with you, but I've always been very friendly. I'm not the most outgoing person. I can be if I'm in the situation that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm like in a new group of people, I don't know, I'm very like freaked out and, and, and timid, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just kind of see who, 
who I resonate with, who I feel has good energy. I'm very empathic. So I kind of feel other people's energy and that kind of tells me if I want to talk to them or not. And then mm -hmm. if I get that same kind of feedback from them and we start talking, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. this is, this feels right. You know? So mm -hmm. it's really about that. It's really about feeling right to me. This is the feeling of it. So it's not so much like if I were to have somebody that I maybe didn't see all the time, that's okay. I have lots of friends like that where we don't see each other all the time, but we, when we connect, it's just like we were there five minutes ago, mm -hmm. you know, in that same space. So, um, I've lost a lot of friends, you know, as I grow, um, I've, I've lost friends and it got lonely there for a little bit, but, um, now I feel like those, the people that are supposed to be in my life now as more of a whole person and more of a balanced person are showing up. Yeah. You know, they're here. And um it may be like a a chance meeting, like you and I. Like yeah. we got introduced by somebody else. Right. Like, <laughs> look, look at us here on this podcast. So yeah. you know, it it's really it's really hard to make friends. And I actually have this girl that I'm friends with now and she's like, you know, you're one of my best friends here. And I was like, you know what? You're one of my best friends here too. Like I didn't really think about it like that, you know, because when, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, you're my best friend. You're my best friend. Mm -hmm. you, don't, you know, and I really didn't think about it. I was like, you know what? She is really actually my best friend here lo locally that I have. Mm -hmm. One of the persons that I would hang out with and call on a regular basis or talk to like that. So I don't know. It's different. I feel like it's different as an adult in, in the space I'm in right now. Yeah. But it's all good. Yeah, definitely. What was the reason why you dropped one of your friends? You said you started growing. What, yeah. what, what were you growing out of that you were like, you know what, this is not the energy that I want to surround myself with. So what I realized is like when I got divorced, I kind of replaced my husband with my friends. Mm -hmm. the type of fr friends that I hung out with, the type of people that I was around. Not that they're bad people. I love them still to this day. But sometimes, you know, I had one friend, I was buying a house. I just started my business that I'm in. And this is now almost five years ago. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the person was like, man, I'm like, was jealous of what I had going on. And I was like, that's not that's not what you need to be. You need to be happy that I've brought myself out of this situation and got myself into a better situation, mm -hmm. you know, instead of allowing, I felt like, like some of it was like the victim mentalities, like, why not me? You know, instead of like focusing on like, let me change my own life. Let me make things happen for myself. It was more like, well, she got this and I didn't. And, and I'm sorry, but I, I worked really hard. You know, mm -hmm. I did. I worked really hard for what I wanted. And when you can, and not to say you have to work hard, hard, but I did. I, I mean, I put the effort in. I spent many hours doing what I needed to, to make myself better. I started reading health, self-help books and learning and trying to be a bigger version of myself. I mean, I got my bachelor's degree at 38 years old, like, mm -hmm. you know, so I kind of came late to the party, but I got there. You're at the party, girl. We I see know. you. <laughs> I got there, and now I'm like, okay, I'm 43, and I'm feeling good. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've accomplished, like, 
almost everything that I've wanted to accomplish. So I feel like when, and, and they say like, you need to surround yourself with people that are at a higher level than you. You can still have your friends that are at that lower level, but you might have to be a little more distance because as time goes on, you're going to start, you can come start coming down back to that level and having that same mentality and thinking. And that was really what helped me change was my thinking. It's like, okay, I don't want to be pessimistic anymore. I don't want to think all these bad things anymore. And that's what I was doing for so long. Like I was just in that habit of doing it. And I was like, I'm done with this. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I started paying attention to what felt good. And that was one of the things is like, you know what? I have to, like, I was being real with her about a situation and like kept attracting some bad men into her life that treated her like crap. And I was like, you know, you're part of this problem. Like you have to make some changes or you're going to keep getting the same result, you know? And she's like, mm, it was yeah. like, basically, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I was like, okay, you know, that's your okay. choice. But I felt like as a friend, I was coming to her from love. It wasn't, it wasn't to hurt her. It was to really like have her step back and think like, yeah, maybe I do need to make a change, you know? And I think later she did realize and, and has made some changes, but relationships not the same anymore yeah it's just not and I love her I mean we spent some great time together I love her but it's just it's just different yeah you know? yeah that season's over mm -hmm. yeah um are you spiritual or religious <laughs> I think I'm a little bit of both to be honest with you um I didn't grow up with really any religion and as I was in my 20s I found Jesus and God and um, I had always thought something was missing in my life and that was that was it you know um, once I had that connection and realized that I needed more of it and I wanted more of it but then I got to like that weird religious person and I was like I don't know how I even got there but because I've always been super open-minded but during that time I was really closed off and and judgmental and not the person I wanted to be at all. So, and that was too, when I was married, we were kind of, I was becoming more and more like who I didn't want to be. Mm -hmm. And that was part, part of the reason we had to get divorced. You know, mm -hmm. I was starting yeah. to be that negative person, you know, judging everyone. And God, I never had been like that. So, um, I, I would say I was religious. I am religious. I believe in God, but I am more finding my spiritual side and I have for the last three or four years and really been focused in on that and more of like just being open, more aware. Um, I, I realize I have some gifts that not everybody has, you know, I'm very empathic. Like I always knew what people are feeling or thinking, not thinking fully, but I could yeah. always have that feeling of knowing what's going on. And I really never realized how deep of how deep that was and now that I'm more spiritually awakened I can feel it even more now even more so I'm kind of dabbling stepping putting my little tiptoe in to different areas like Reiki I just um, finished my second level Reiki training so yes, which is so hilarious because like when I was a kid I would watch it on tv and I didn't even know what it was but I was like Oh, I'm going to clear some energy. You know, I, I was just doing those things and I didn't even know what I was doing. And now it all starts, it's starting to make sense. Mm -hmm. so what yeah. other gifts do you have? 
So just, I mean, really empathic. I feel like I am, I can really put myself in other people's shoes. And when they tell me a story about what they went through or who they are, I have to be careful of like really feeling that myself because I will feel it. I will feel what they did. And it's funny because people will just come up and like start talking to me. I don't even know who they are. And they'll tell me like some crazy stories that you would be amazed of what they tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that they were abused or molested or, I mean, they've never met me before and they tell me stuff like this. So I feel like I've had kind of a gift of helping people get through their struggles. Um, I've helped a lot of people with suicide and talking to them through the situation and, and just helping them and being there, being a person that's just there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I also have other gifts. Like I'm very creative. I do permanent makeup and microblading as a business and lashes and, um, that creativity I had from when I was a kid, but I really didn't use it anymore until the last few years. Um, and that is amazing feeling being able to use that. Yeah. And I mean, I have, you know what? I've, I, I know this sounds like kind of too confident, but I have a lot, a lot of gifts. I really yes, do. You do. And you know, I feel like I can, and I was telling somebody this the other day, it's like, I feel like I can literally do anything. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I really can and I will try. <laughs> yeah. you no, know, I will try. I'll try to do it. Like I'm doing this editing on the, the pod, my podcast that I have. Right. And I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I took a few lessons, you know, to mm -hmm. help me be better at it. Videography, like having somebody do that for me and took some lessons so I could learn it. And, and mostly because it was like, okay, well, I didn't have the money to, to invest in having somebody do it for me. So I needed to figure it out you know, and I did. And now I'm like, okay, well now that I've figured all this out, now I can actually pay people to help me with this. <laughs> so it's right. different, yeah. but you know, there's lots of gifts. And I think one of the gifts is knowing, knowing yourself and loving yourself. Like that's just, that was the biggest gift that I gave myself. Mm -hmm. It's just loving myself. I, I like literally have to mute myself and sit on my hands because I'm over here like trying not to scream. Yes! Yes, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. You're amazing. Like I and so many gifts. And I think hearing you say it might wake it up in somebody else. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to use them, you know? Yeah. People are like, oh, well, you don't want to be a master of none, you know? Mm -hmm. But I feel like we have like such a, well, a short life, but a long, long life here on earth is like, why can't, why can't we do all the things we want to do? Mm -hmm. Why can't we? There's, yeah. there's nobody telling you that you can't except for you. Yeah. You know? And so. Get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. Really? Get out of it. See yeah. this? I think I can. I think I can. I yeah. knew I could. I yeah. knew I could, right? Like, right. And, I, and unfortunately, some people have that, like other people in their lives that are giving them that dialogue, like, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Or negativity or whatever, like feeding it into their heads. Like, mm -hmm. they need of those people. Yeah. Right now. Thank you for speaking that. that <laughs> get rid of those people that tell yeah. you that you can't. Yes. Um, I, I don't know if you're a friend of a uh, fan of Rachel Hollis. Yes. 
when she said the people that pay for cheap uh, seats in your life, why are you listening to them? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have people that bought into my life for two pennies. They literally gave me their two cents and why am I listening? Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And it, it just, it kind of touches you in a different way. Mm-hmm. And when you release them, ooh, I love that's that. Stuff starts opening up. Yeah. I got goosebumps right now. Yeah. That's when stuff starts opening up for you. Like, mm-hmm. I know this sounds awful. And not to be anything against my ex-husband. No. He's really a good guy and good father. But when I broke up with him, everything started opening. Like, Mm-hmm. I went from this job making 60 something an hour or 60 a year to like 80 something a year. Mm-hmm. I finished my degree. I started my own business. I, 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 I did all of these things. And it was like that kind of situation just held me back. It was holding me there. Mm-hmm. And at some point I fi- figured that out. Follow-up question. You ready? Yes. So you were here by yourself with your husband, with your family. Mm-hmm. And then you left your husband or you guys broke up. Well, I don't know the whole situation, but you end up splitting. Yep. Where you were at that point, technically, physically, seriously alone. And yet you got more done. Yeah, I did. If that doesn't show you that energy <laughs> is real. It is. You know, that the the effect that people have on your life, you thought you were alone, you were going through depression, you found out you had sick, you were sick, and then you have these babies and you're saying yes to everything. Yep. (laughs) And at the moment you start saying no, and then lost the one person that was an adult in your house, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, now I can do all these things. And that is, I I don't know if you've connected that before, but it's just weird. It's, and I've said this to myself so many times. I was like, it is nothing but God because there's no way me as a physical person mm-hmm. could do all these things okay. without that. Yeah. To be honest with you, like, I don't even know how I worked all day at my corporate job and then came into my business for hours on end every week. I mean, I was working 70, 80 hours total mm-hmm. a week. Meanwhile, kids you know, and my ex-husband is a great dad. So he would be there. He'd pick them up like two nights a week and then every other weekend. So I built my business by working those times when my kids weren't there. And I was just like on it, on it, on it and kept going. And during those times, I didn't really feel tired. I was like on that adrenaline of this is happening. I'm getting busier. I'm, I'm doing this, you know, like it was all going on. It's like, the first year I made like 25,000 in for a part-time job. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. You know? The next year I made like 30% more than that. And that was still working part-time. Mm-hmm. You know? And then finally I was able to quit in 2018. I, I actually got laid off from my job from, um, from American airlines. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. Like this is he wanted me to go because I was working so much and I was getting tired. And then I, found my amazing man that I'm with, you know, and, and I, I felt that nudging of him, like, okay, you need to get out of this. You need to stop, Mm -hmm. like go do your thing, but I wouldn't do it. So he's like, here you go. Let me me throw you into this thing. So I've been working now full time on my beauty business for 
the last year and a half. And, you know, not to say it's without struggle, but we had six figures last year. Yes, ma'am. Get so, it. You know, and then all of these things like are just opening up and I feel myself going in kind of a different direction. Um, I really want to help people in the beauty industry too, like help them become their entrepreneurs, give them the tools that they need. Because even though I did, I do have a business degree, there's a lot of stuff you have to go through to run a business. Mm -hmm. And without that proper help and training, and not to say you have to pay like millions of dollars to go get these types of trainings, but you have to figure it out. And, and I'm very driven, but there are not a lot of people that will go that next step or even understand like how to get to that next step. So I want to be like that next step for people mm -hmm. um, in, in the beauty industry and to help them kind of get to the next level of like start being their own person, running their own business and, and how they can do that. But then my girlfriend and I, we have a, a group called Expanded Woman. So it's all about becoming the higher versions of ourselves and like expansion, our hearts expanding, everything expanding, you know? And um, that's another area we're going to as well. It's like, we're really wanting to coach other women on how they can become great and like what might be holding them back and, and just really breathing life into someone, you know? And, and I really have a heart for women, like, especially while I've been doing this permanent makeup and you probably get the same thing and being an esthetician is like, these women tell you their whole life stories and some are beautiful and some are so tragic. And, you know, every person I've met, I felt like, I was kind of breathing life into them and some were breathing life into me. And it's like, I want to do that. I want to do that for so many more people than just the ones in my chair. I know mm -hmm. that's not funny, but I just yeah. do. I felt, I felt driven to do those types of things my whole life. And I never knew like how that would happen, you know, but I just knew like at some point I will, mm -hmm. I help the people that I can, you know, but I feel like now we can, it's expanding. We are expanding you know, and like all of us, like light workers, we're coming together and raising the vibrations of each other and helping each other. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to change the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. That's next. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. um, you made a statement of, we want to help women find their higher self. Mm -hmm. Explain that one word higher for me. Higher. Okay. So what does that mean to you? What it, we what all it kind of have our own energy, right? So mm -hmm. just like you were saying, like energy from my ex-husband's, like his was really low at the, at the time. It's since changed, you know, he's become and grown too. But that higher level is like, we all kind of are at this energy level. And when you have somebody that's at a lower energy level than you, it's really easy to kind of get in that habit and you're going to go lower, right? But once you start raising your vibration, you start attracting people that are going to have a little higher energy or even more than you. And this is positivity. It's manifestation. It's all of these amazing things of really just like becoming your true self. Um, things you can do to kind of get there are like meditation, doing Reiki. You can start reading self-help. I started with the, cause I wasn't really spiritually minded. And to me, I was like, eh, I'm more of the, I need numbers and concrete information. Right. That's how I'd always been until now. I'm not so much like that anymore. It's like, once you feel these things, it's 
totally different atmosphere. So that energy, that higher level, we, we're helping to get people at the next level of themselves, right? So like, okay, well, maybe I was right here and now I'm going to be here. But being here means that you're more awakened, that you have a higher sense of purpose for yourself, right? Um, it means that you're, you can help other people do the same thing. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're trying to lift all boats, trying to help everybody get to that next level. I want to piggyback on that. Okay. Because I'll tell you how I feel about <laughs> this is that like, okay, Christine's okay. about to get okay. fucking real. <laughs> like, <Don't> do it. <laughs> okay. So for me, most, not all mm -hmm. mom groups to me are Debbie Downers. Okay. A lot of them are. Right. Mm -hmm. When someone says they don't believe in energy and that other people's energy are connected to them, and I believe that we're connected like a spider web, I, you know, I'm very spiritual in that sense of it, that we're, we tug on those strings, even mm -hmm. though it's in passing. Words have energy. Once you speak them, they go out and they touch people. I don't care if it's a keyboard, keyboard warrior or whatever it is, you know, and when they're like, no, no, I don't believe you. Then why do we have the saying Debbie Downer? Because there isn't really a Debbie Downer. Right. What does she or, do? Or Debbie's Debbie, Right. I know. But what does Debbie do? She comes in and she mopes and she mopes and you say, stop being a Debbie Downer. Why? Because her energy is bringing you in mm -hmm. and bringing you down. Yeah. My second way I like to explain it is why do we have cheerleaders at any games? Because they pump you yeah. up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we watched out, uh, what is that movie? Uh, Bring It On. They're like, when you're yeah. down, who are you going to call? Like, you want those cheerleaders there, right? You do. They call me Big Red. Like, <laughs> I'm a cheerleader. That's what I am. Exactly. No, I cannot dance worth anything. Me, me either. I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> but, you know, they bring you that spirit. And you should yeah. be, and what they say, you should be able to feel your energy and the spirit through the camera. And that mm -hmm. is what a cheerleader does. So if energy wasn't, a thing, those two objects that we use daily would not be necessary. And that's what I like about your podcast. That's what I like about your group. Um, you know, do a little bit of inner, you know, research before we met, yeah, yeah. but it's the cheerleader of energy. Mm -hmm. And you feel it through the women, you feel it through your podcast videos. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Obviously, I'm very expressive. But it's, it's the difference between your Debbie Downers that you might be in your mom's group. And let me say this, I have been in multiple of mom's groups that are amazing. Yes, they and are. they are, they, you know, but they have to get checked sometimes like, Hey, ladies, let's calm down. Or we're going to turn off the comments or right. stop making these posts. But they have that, that integrity level into their group mm -hmm. and I, I really want you to know that I'm cheering for your cheer <laughs> I'm cheering for your cheer too I, I'm <laughs> loving I've been listening to your stuff too and I'm just like wow you know this is why we're connecting why mm -hmm. because the we're, webs. yeah we're all trying to do the same thing you know not all of us but all these people that we're kind of intertwined, intertwined with right now we're all trying to do that and if we all can come together and it's a we type of thing versus an I type of thing, it's going to make it so much better and so many more lives will be changed. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I just really wanted to touch on that because yeah. I'm sending people your way all the time. Awesome. Um, yes. So we'll switch gears to um, social media. Do you mm -hmm. see yourself in social media or is there a stereotype of you that you're like, yo, that's not real life. That's not true. Um, I really try to be real. And here's the thing too, is like in the last few years since I started my business, well, I have a lot of, I'm networking with a lot of people. So at these points is like, it's not all, not everyone is like a friend I would hang out with or call tomorrow. But if anyone is in my circle at all, mm -hmm. I feel like we were led to each other somehow. Right. 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 Um, maybe we're in the same groups. Maybe we're in, you know, same networking circles. Maybe we're business owners, whatever it may be. Like everybody's got to be in some aspect, but I actually posted something the other day and th this is not the answer I was trying to get, mm -hmm. but I got all these other answers. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like, this is so awesome. I didn't, I wasn't like looking for people to tell me all these great things about myself, but I asked that question. It's like, when you think of me, how, what do you think of mm -hmm. that? Like my thing was kind of that same question is like, yeah. what do you see when you see me? You know, what am I perceived as, yeah. What am I being perceived as? And people are like, Oh, you're kind and you're go getter, you know, all these great things. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Well that was, that wasn't what I was getting at. Um, because I'm actually like kind of in this middle space of thinking or, or wanting to get into that, like consulting or coaching space, you know? And I kind of wanted to see if people saw me for that. And some were like, oh, you're a mentor, you know, you're uplift women, you have great energy, blah, 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 you know? And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't realize that, you know, right. but I do see, um, I really try to be real and I don't want people to think like, oh, I have this fantastic life, but I do. <laughs> right, right. But I don't want to be ingenuine with it. You know, mm -hmm. um, there are moments when I don't feel so great. Like this, this COVID crap, like yeah. we can't work. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there was a few weeks where I was kind of depressed and like, oh my gosh, you know, and I just, during those times, I kind of just stay away from the social media mm -hmm. or, you know, because I don't really want even and not, I just don't want people like having all the negative vibes, to be honest with you. Like, it's not that I'm not going through something because I'll just gladly share it. And I've shared it on a few different podcasts and shows. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, there is depression. There is stuff that's going on. You know, yeah, I was a little bit worried about money for a few weeks. And then I was like, I'm just going to give it to God and he's going to, he's going to take care of it. And as soon as I did that, boy, everything started going. I got money from different places. I'm like, wow, what happened? <laughs> You know, and I know that's how it works, but mm -hmm. it's just that talking to myself is like, I had to kind of get myself out of that space, you know? Yeah. But yeah. I, I think I, I want to say, I think that people are inspired by me at some points. Mm -hmm. um, that's really a goal that I have is just, and, and it was funny because I used to make like live videos and it wasn't even to be anything. I was just like, I felt like I had to share a message about something like, 
whatever situation was. And I just felt I had to share. And people were like, oh, I love your videos. And I feel like the, like, yeah, yeah, horrible because I'm doing this live video, but I felt like I had to say this, whatever it was. And they're like, oh, it's so inspiring. Thank you for that. And, you know, just speaking to somebody that needed it and I didn't even know that they needed it, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what I try to do and who I try to be. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. I have moments where I'm not very nice. It happens, but you know, for the most part, I have no reason to be that way anymore. I just don't, I don't have, everything's good. Everything is really good. You know, do you see yourself in media and that's any entertainment media? Um, and is it stereotype true of what you normally see in there? Oh, I don't know. Probably in some aspect, right? So um, when I get into this more of the consulting, coaching space, maybe, you know, maybe I'll be with different types of other speakers and things like that. Um, but I don't see myself being like on the newspaper. I, I, I not necessarily. You don't like, identify with anyone either? No. And you're like, oh, when she's, when she plays that role, I really connected with her. No. No. You're no. like, they ain't showing me. <laughs> no, <laughs> they ain't I, making I just... two of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I don't do, I don't do much reality TV. I, I just, I don't want to hear everybody else's issues and problems and stuff. So I try to stay away from that kind of thing. Even news, I don't watch a whole lot of news either. And people are like, oh, don't you need to know what's going on in the world? It's like, oh, I feel what's going on in the world. I don't really have to see it. And, and when I do see it, it just makes it even more heavy on me, you know, and brings me down. And I try to stay away from that stuff. I'm just not, even though I have to use social media for my business and platform, you know, um, it's not something that I really want to do. Mm. Have to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Are you ready for your Spitfire questions? Sure. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite book? It, it's a Zig Ziglar book. It's called Up, Up, Up in a Down, Down World. I read, I've read that book so many times. Okay. Um, it's old school. I mean, some of the stories he tells you are not, and it's the audiobook version. Yeah, no, that's all I do. Um, but some of the stories he tells you are, are just like, don't have any bearing on things today. But that book has helped me so many times in raising my energy, raising my motivation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that book. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Uh -huh. Neither. <laughs> I feel like I'm very kind of like in the middle, liberal, like I don't liberal fall into conservative. Those. Yeah. I don't fall into those categories. I, yeah. I'm kind of like, it depends on what the issue is really, which way I, which way I go. Yeah. Are you a spender or a saver? I'm a spender. Are you a good Usually girl? it's on everyone else. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Like yeah, I'm spending for others. I'm very. I like to be generous, but um, I've had to be more aware in the last year and a half since I've like done the, my business full time that you know had to handle things differently. So yeah. Do you know what your love language is? Yes. So acts of service is my number one. 
Um, number two is quality time. Mm. So I'm very like, you do, you take the trash out for me and I'll love you forever. Like, that's, uh, okay. I know that sounds silly, but I, no. anything that helps me or takes stress off of me or relieves me of something. And I, I appreciate gifts, but I really don't need them. How do you show love? By doing too. Like, I really try to do that. But, but I've learned since having to do the whole uh, love languages mm -hmm. that everybody has their own. So like, you have to come to where they are. You know, if their language is something entirely different, then obviously that's not going to work and make them feel loved if I'm going to do things for them all the time versus if they like gifts, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I try to keep that in mind, but yeah. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? Mm, I'm a good girl now. <laughs> no, I'm, I've really been mostly a good girl, but there was a few years where I was a bad girl. Yeah. Are you a rule maker, rule breaker, or rule follower? Rule maker. Rule maker. And mm -hmm. um, your role model. Hmm. That's a hard question because I have a few that really have like made a huge impact on me. Um, probably the biggest one is my dad. Um, he's one that I've gotten a lot of my traits from <laughs> and like that drive and determination. Like I know that straight from him. He's one of them. And then um, one of my friends, Sherry, like she, she and I run the expanded woman and she's really helped me grow and, very much in the spiritual realm of things. So those are probably the biggest two. Are you a taker or a giver in the bedroom? Mm. <laughs> I'm a giver. Giver. Mm -hmm. um, uh, any plastic surgery? No, not yet. No, no Botox, no filler? So I have had um, Botox here under my eyes. It's worn off right now. I but I need it again. So I, I had it here and then um, I had filler like two years ago, which oh. I have decent lips. Yeah. I know it's gone now, but really, uh huh. but I I'm missing part of my lip right here because I had like an infection when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I always put my lipstick over that. But when I got the filler, I had them like fill in more on oh. that side. So it would make my lips more symmetrical. Oh yeah. No, I had, um, a, I have a guest that she's going to be, she did her interview and I was like, any plastic surgery? She's like, no, well, actually I went to a plastic surgeon for my ear and she oh, wow. tells the story about like a scar that she has on her ear. And I was like, when I asked this question, it's such a broad question. Yeah. So like your lip, you would never think, you know, plastic surgery is a question on there for, to people to expand their mind. Mm -hmm. right so I love that you you do that that's amazing yeah so I did it I haven't now but yeah now I draw I just draw a little bit more but I, I will get it done again and okay. I'm gonna have a mommy makeover the whole yes. thing yeah. mm -hmm. I promise you and in, in the next few years I'm gonna have it <laughs> um, guac or queso if you already get salsa so you're already getting salsa are you gonna choose the guac or the queso <sighs> probably the guac I really enjoy guacamole yeah, queso has a different effect on me. <laughs> yeah, on all of us. But yeah, yeah. we can't say no. Some of us just can't say no. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to say to the listener that we have not covered yet? I feel like I just talk too much, but um, just love yourself. That's the main thing, main point of this conversation. Just love yourself and who you are for what you are, 
and be yourself. That's it. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking with Misty today and I hope y'all did too. Um, I really love the point and this was a point that I really wanted to bring out that she talked about the comparison of one of her friends that she had five years ago that she had to distance herself from because of jealousy. If you have been able to listen to all three of the bonus episodes of my story, the last episode, I say, if you don't have friends, and that's male, female, whatever group you have, or however, family, whatever, if they're not supporting you, then you need to drop them. It's just that simple. And I, when I say drop, I mean distance. I don't mean you have to isolate them. They're not dead to you. But she worked really hard. And I like the point that she brought out was, I worked really hard for this. And instead of her saying, hey, I want this too. How did you do it? Or let me hustle hard so that I can do it. It was, Ugh, why are you having this and I don't? We can all fall fall under those kind of categories mentally, but we want those friend groups that are going to support us when we win. There's a book called Love Your Life, Not Theirs by Rachel Cruz. It is Dave Ramsey's daughter. Y'all know I'm a Dave Ramsey's fan. I'm a Dave Ramsey baby. But I really like that book because it spoke to the woman that I used to be and I could compare myself to myself on how I view my friends. How do I look at what they have versus with what I have? There's a quote and I'm going to botch it up, but it says that comparison will steal your joy. That's the gist of the quote. I don't know who said it. I don't even know if those are even the words, but that's the gist of it. You get it. So when we compare ourselves to others and not ourselves, we're taking joy away. And that's a choice that we have to make. So are you surrounding yourself with women or friends or people that want to see you win? This could even go for the workplace. There's always jealousy, cutthroat workplace, especially you corporate America ladies. But do you really want to help others? Do you really want to see others win? Are you genuinely happy when your friend gets married or gets that dream job or has a baby or has a boyfriend or has the time to go and work out? How do you feel when you see that? How can you help others reach their goal so in turn, they can help you? If you would like to hear more about Miss Misty, she actually has a lot of platforms where you could follow her. She has Picture Perfect Brows and Beauty Boutique, Mystified Creations, and Expanded Woman Business Network. That is three places where you can find her. Of course, you can go to our Facebook group, You Gotta Meet Her Podcast, and I will post the picture and some information about her. I will also be posting her her tags and her ways of finding her so you can follow her and her journey because 
This girl is on fire and I love it. Thank you for listening and I will catch you on the next one.